0: Hey, hello. Terry Pichet, Technical Director of the Ontario Recreation Facility Association. Thanks for popping in again to uh, listen to uh, what I think is impacting the industry and some of the stuff that our members are obviously going to be focused in on. In this podcast, uh, I want to take a look at user fees, and what's prompted this uh, conversation is um, the uh, crisis that is going on with Hockey Canada at the moment, and the way that they're being held accountable for the way that they use some of the money uh, that were collected from registrations for uh, some things that uh, the members uh, didn't feel were appropriate. So, the whole conversation of user fees in our industry is, in fact, an interesting one now if you go back and you take a look at the history of uh, ice rinks and specifically public skating back in the late 1800s when indoor uh, recreation just was in its infancy uh, in the United States New York I believe is uh, uh, where the one of the first indoor skating rinks was and we talk about this in the ice making and painting technologies course but way back then, they were charging a dollar uh, to come in and go uh, skating indoors, uh, and the user fee was more of a deterrent uh, so, uh, to keep out, um, you know, individuals out of that environment. So it was kind of an elite sport. Here we are uh, more than a hundred years later and we're still charging only a couple of dollars for a public skating. Now that's going to vary uh, in, uh, from facility to facility but when I take a look what happens to our neighbors to the south. Uh, many of them run uh, their ranks more like a business than we do in uh, the province of Ontario. And I and I think that's going to change over the next little while as we become more pressurized in regards to uh, requiring resources to both operate and maintain these facilities. But that's a conversation for another day. Now, user fees are what we consider to be a a soft tax, uh, meaning that uh, the majority of the operational dollars for our buildings come from municipal taxation. And so the non-user of the facility is contributing uh, to its uh, operation. And then what we try and do is offset it with um, the uh, user fees that we collect. Now, user fees are always a sensitive uh, portion But now, Uh, if you've followed some of my uh, podcasts, we uh, talked about the history of recreation and uh, recreation facilities and how many of them uh, came to uh, be uh, based on the Winterio dollars or lottery dollars of the 70s and 80s. And that's basically where the majority of our facilities got their core funding to be able to be built. So these were buildings that were being built with uh, money that was coming from uh, lotteries. It was considered to be free money. uh, And uh, what happened when we opened up the buildings is that the whole intent was to give the kids a place to play. And uh, ice rinks and swimming pools and such were often the primary recreational source. For a community. And so we wanted to keep it um, economical. uh, And there was no foresight in regards to uh, properly operating or maintaining these uh, buildings into their whole life cycle. So... We understated the amount of money that we required and we had the taxpayer picking up the bill. So many of them were not even aware uh, or at least not in tune with the money that they were contributing to the taxation base for a, uh, a recreation facility that many of them may not even use. Now there's an argument for that. Um, I mean, there are people with no children who pay school taxes uh, and these are just the amenities that we require to be able to move forward. Well, the first thing we need to appreciate is that there's no legal requirement for any municipality to provide a recreation facility. Underneath the Municipal Act, the municipality does have a responsibility to provide recreation, but that could be a tire swing and and a bird feeder down by the waterway with the park bench and they fulfill that obligation, it's when they decide to put in more uh, detailed um, recreation facilities that things become that much more complicated and they're often not very well uh, planned for, meaning that they build them, but we we often don't create a good business plan that goes along with them. Now, as I watch some of the new constructions that are trying to uh, get flight in the province, that's uh, usually the stumbling block is the operational side of the way that we conduct business. Now, if I go back into my career uh, in the community that I started with, there was a time that one of the major employers in our small little community approached the municipality with the concept that they would like to provide um, a swimming pool to the community, that they they would be glad to cut the check to build the pool. And we went through a series of um, conversations, uh, and we explored the potential of putting a pool on the rec facility. And in the end, uh, the question was asked of the company, if, in fact, uh, if the town were to build the swimming pool, would they commit to operating and maintaining it for the next 25 years? And mm-hmm. there was a very adamant no that came from them that there's no possible way that they were going to be on the hook mm-hmm. to, to maintain it. And that was kind of the deterrent uh, that... Uh, turned us away from putting in a pool. Now, when we did take a look at the mechanical side of it, we brought in uh, experts that looked at what we were thinking of building in the population base. And they basically said, and we're going back 25 years ago, that the population of 2,500, everybody in the community would have to swim four times a week and pay $10 for every swim just to be able to maintain the operational costs that are associated with running the pool. So, that the municipal leaders of the time decided that in fact they would not move forward with it. They saw that the increase in costs were going to be excessive and it would not be a good investment for us to be able to, uh, to move forward. So user fees are often understated because we believe that uh, we can keep everything affordable, uh, for us to make sure that the building is going to be used. But in reality, the user fees is what we require uh to have the resources for staffing and, and basic operational costs. So any facility manager that doesn't uh, have uh, enough staff or doesn't have the resources they need to maintain the building can usually go back to not collecting enough user fees to, to be able to move forward. So it's a sensitive dance for us to be able to uh, determine uh, what is a reasonable user fee. And the problem that we have is that we often try to compare apples and oranges. So what will happen is when we build a new recreation facility and we have a tendency in our industry to outdo our neighbors. So if our neighbors build a facility for $10 million, well, we're going to spend uh, 13 or $14 million and make ours a little bit more fancy and a little bit better. And then in the end, when we try to set user fees, uh, the facility manager will call around to three or four or five different facilities within uh, a reasonable uh, distance and find out what it is that they're charging uh, for uh, the use of their facility. And and then we got to Comfort level. If some, if facility one is charging hundred dollars and facility two is charging hundred and forty dollars, well, we'll pick a number somewhere in the middle, and that way we can justify to our taxpayers uh, and our users why we're charging that much. But in reality, what we have to do is we have to take a look at. Uh, how much uh, it actually costs to operate it. And so that that's the conversation that comes into play. Is it reasonable that the users actually pay for the cost of the use of the facility and then the whole taxation base? Um, Maintains the infrastructure and the benefits of the infrastructure uh, that comes along with it. And those are those are key uh, decisions that have to be made by community leaders that provide the guidance for facility management to be able to move forward. What we need to ensure is that we are collecting enough money to be able to operate, uh, and that's the difficulty because our users uh, will often say that the deterrent to recreation is the cost of the facility, but you know back in in the day uh it was not uncommon even in the community that i was living in very small population maybe 2500 but we had a very healthy youth rate so demographics had uh, a lot of children so uh, even in our population back then we had 250 or 300 maybe even 400 kids in minor hockey Um, and uh, you know what it it was a reasonable for us to you know get that uh, that many uh, hours uh, to uh, minor sports between figure skating and ringette and and hockey the youth were gobbling up a lot of the primary hours that were available in in our facility and when I started off they charged nothing uh, for the use of the facility it was for the kids and uh, you know under my watch i got to bring in a user fee and i think we started to charge them ten dollars an hour and you think the world was coming to an end uh in regards to um them paying uh, to use the facility Well, in reality, uh, if the user's not paying, that means that everybody's paying. And I had a chief administrating officer that used to have that philosophy. And what that basically means is that if we're not collecting the amount of money from the user, that means that the non-users of the uh, recreation uh, facility are in fact uh, contributing to it. Now, yes, there's an argument in regards to the benefits, but when you take a look at some of the other amenities that are in your community, be it a golf course, or uh, ski hill uh, for example they uh, not only have to collect enough money to run the operation many of them are often taxed also uh, for the land that they own so they have to pay taxes on top of it so it's an interesting uh, interesting conversation. Now, the the other one that I noted uh, on uh, Twitter this week is an increase in hockey schools. And uh, I understand the benefit of hockey schools, but you also need to understand a hockey school is a, nothing more than a small business. And it's being ran inside a uh, municipality's uh, recreation facility often. Uh, and they're not paying uh, taxes. Uh, they're being uh, given a subsidized rate to run their business. Business and they're collecting money to do that and again I understand it's a fine dance in regards to uh, collecting uh, this uh, money but if we don't get the money from the users to be able to operate and maintain these facilities again it goes back to the non-users that are contributing it to it so this generation of facility management is going to have to Uh, Consider user fees and the benefit of. And like we always like to say here at the RFA, we're information brokers. And when we go through the budget process, our responsibility is to provide the the senior decision makers with some of the issues, uh, historical, or some of the things that we want to consider changing as we move forward. And it will be up to them to move the sticks. Our job is to make the the business case in regards to the way that uh, we should be conducting our operations. In the end, whatever route that they decide to go, then that's fine. That's their responsibility. Our responsibility as as leaders is to provide them with that direction. So hopefully this has given you a little bit of food to thought, uh, food for thought in regards to uh, the complexities of the business that we're in and the importance of user fees. Uh, you need to get a grasp on what it costs you to generate an hour of ice or pool time or field time or whatever it is. And then you have to go back to the senior managers and say, look, it costs us $200 an hour to make an hour of ice, but we only sell it for 100 So for every hour that we uh, rent ice, that we're losing a hundred dollars, uh, and if they're okay with that, then that's fabulous. But unless they have that information sitting in front of them, so we uh, gotta crunch the numbers, and we've gotta provi- provide them with the direction they require to make informed decisions. Thanks for joining me. It's always fun to have these types of conversations. Stay safe. We'll chat soon. Take care. Bye bye.